Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. It's a very special day, April Fool's. So a lot of people, of course, who are wondering, ah, what does she have up her sleeve? Well, what I have is a great guest. She is no trick. Um, she is all treats. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Recipe for Success focuses on A, my love of cooking and my love of business and helping others succeed. One thing I've always noticed when cooking is there's always one ingredient or one technique that is critical to the success of what you're trying to make. And really the same thing is true in business and in life. So I love to talk to my guests about what makes them unique. So I'm so excited. This is just, um, this is, I've been looking forward to this one. I'm so excited to have Priscilla Romans with Great Care as my guest today. So um, I would like to start off with having you introduce yourself and I didn't even put all the initials behind your name, but I know you got a whole slug of them. So introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about all those initials and um, who you are. Yes, yeah, so my name's Priscilla Romans. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest. Now I'm down in Dallas, Texas. We moved down four years ago and I do have some letters behind my name um, that were expensive. And um, <laughs> um, I am a registered nurse and um, I also went and got my master's in health uh, administration through business systems. And um, my heart as a nurse started in 2004. And I started out my journey as a pediatric intensive care unit. And I continued on through the um, healthcare system to understand how um, the health systems get paid as patients go into the hospital understand the outpatient uh, system as patients need hospice and all of those programs and just understanding um, that there's a lot of waste, fraud and abuse out there. And I've kind of gotten fed up with the healthcare system. So I decided to launch Great Care last March. Yes, at the beginning of the pandemic, because my heart knows that there is so much more we can do for patients and families out there that need help. And why not have a patient advocate to help out with all of those crazy things in the healthcare system that, I mean, honestly, I mean, it sucks for people, right? Right, right. Um, I see that uh, we have a comment from uh, Tanya Boyd, one of my dear friends. She's a broker advisor in Texas. So she's always happy to see somebody else from Texas. Texas. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to connect the two of you because she's awesome as well. Okay. So great care. That's, you know, doesn't tell me very much. What is it that, what is it, what is it? What do you do? What does it mean? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, I'm not a business person. Um, my husband, as lovely as he is, he got fed up with me complaining about the healthcare system. And so um, I've always been able to help people navigate. So he said, um, you're gonna run a business. You can do this. You can figure anything out. You're a mom. And um, so he helped me with the name of Grave Care. Uh, grave actually means to prepare. And um, it also brings our two girls' names, Grace and Faith, and we put it together um, and we've got Grave Care. So um, what Grave Care really means is helping, helping people prepare for what's happening in their healthcare situation, whether it's um, the beginning of life all the way to the end of life, um, even to billing issues. I mean, talk about those crazy bills people get in the mail. Um, they have no clue what to say and do with their insurance. They, there's just so many issues out there. And we have expert advocates with each of those parts and pieces 
to help push. That's where I've got my circle um, by Grave Care to really help put those pieces of the puzzle together for that need. I think that's so important because um, as someone who's been in the healthcare related industry with employee benefits for, well, I'm not going to admit to how many years, but anyway, a long time. So I think the one disconnect we have is, like you say, helping people prepare for the actual experience and how what that's going to look like. We sell them insurance. We say, go, you know, be well, you have this protection but we don't really prepare them for what to expect from a doctor, from a billing perspective, from a referral perspective. Um, if they need services, people are paralyzed sometimes and don't know where to start. Yeah, that's, exa that's exactly right. And when people come to me and they say, well, I'm not in crisis, so do I really need an advocate? Um, yes, you actually do. Um, because an advocate can help be proactive Let's try not to get in crisis. Crisis is no fun and it can be very costly and time consuming. So yeah. we, we really, I mean, so I'm not opposed to insurance. I'm not opposed to working with doctors. I love doctors. I just think this is a really crappy system that has exploded and the healthcare costs and, and, and the results that people don't get is just missing. And yeah. that relationship is really important. And so when you have an advocate with great care, you're gonna get that relationship feel back and we're gonna start to bring all those components back into the picture. We have health, home health teams that we help because they can't do all of those things for the patient. They have to go from patient to patient to patient in the area and they don't have time to make all of those calls. Now they want to, they, trust me, they do. They have a heart. Um, even the doctor's offices, they they have a 15 minute window to see somebody. Okay. They get paid to go in, see the patient within a time block, the rates paid for a Medicare visit, right? And that's it. Now there's a lot of other components. There are some great doctors out there that do spend a lot of time with their patients and families. I love them, but I also know they are on back to back. They got a ton of prior offs that they're having to get through and they can't even get through all the paperwork and junk that get put in their way. And so we also really help our providers tee, tee up to them. Hey, you know, so-and-so needs this, this, and this. This is a high pressure issue right now. We really need to get this resolved. So they want this for their patients too. The system's just broken. And so I'm a nurse and I thought, let's fix it. I love that uh, because it really fits in with uh, what a lot of um, brokers consultants, whatever you want to call us these days are really trying to do because we do recognize that the system is broken and there's got to be a better way. And we have to keep trying. We have to keep trying different avenues until we can, until we can mend it and make it so that it is, you know, a better functioning system. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the most common challenges um, that you find your clients or patients facing within the healthcare system. Um, one of the hot button topics recently with our clients has been um, a lot of the bills they get um, that are confusing, the statements that they feel like I've got a due date, I better pay this, but they really don't even know what the statement is about and why they're getting it and why they've gotten it nine, 10, mon 10 months later and they really can't even remember what happened. I mean, there's a lot of questions that go with that. People's pocketbooks are typed. Okay, so we want to also make sure 
those bills, yes, they need to get paid, but should they be paid? Should they have been covered by insurance? Is there a better payment option we can do to work with them? So, you know, the patient and family aren't in medical debt. I, I mean, those questions pop up. It's on people's minds. They're feeling pressure. I mean, think about ambulance rides alone, how costly that is. We don't even want to go there. They're ridiculous. And there's better options. I mean, we look at options. That's a thing, right? It's like, you're, you don't want to walk into something blindly, but if you don't need to know your options, you just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I better just do it. I say, well, let's really be informed. Yeah. Don't you think that um, most people, especially the older generation, were conditioned to take at face value and gospel, for lack of a better term, whatever the doctor said? If the doctor says, you need this, they, di they didn't think they even had the right to ask a question. They're just like, okay, I'll do it. Yes, and we go in to visits with patients um, as a representative because maybe their um, son or daughter lives states away. How frequent is that? We see that very frequently. So if we have an advocate within a location, we can go personally with them, but I don't have every advocates in every state yet. I'm working on it. Um, but you know, I'll go to visits with, um, these patients for their siblings that are everywhere across the country and help make sure those siblings also know what happened because those phone calls that, so let's say mom or dad go to a visit. Okay. They go in, this is without an advocate. They go into the visit. Doctor says X, Y, Z needs to happen next. The, um, mom says, okay, all right. Sounds good. She doesn't talk about all the other things that have been happening in her life that her right. son and daughter are like, you need to ask the doctor, right? That doesn't happen. First of all, she forgets because I mean, really, can you really remember everything? Probably not. So I mean, the son and daughter's like hoping that she talks to the doctor about it. She agrees with the doctor. Oh, okay. Thank you, doctor. All right. Bye. She leaves. Doctor does all these orders. Doctor's like, yes, they're going to go do these things. Weeks later, nothing has happened. The son and daughter have no clue what happened in the doctor's visit. The mom is still struggling with all of those issues. When it, If an advocate would have done a pre-visit planning, been in the office visit, and helped connect the dots after they left, I'm telling you, magic happens. Things yeah. happen. That's awesome. So, um, speaking of moms, special shout out to mine who happens to be watching right now and whose comment has popped up. So, um, and she can definitely relate to exactly what you were talking about because I know that um, that has certainly been a challenge for her as well. Whether, I mean, and she's very capable, but it's overwhelming to her sometimes, even, you know, the doctor's visits and what do they want. And, um, and I'm not always able to go because running a business, you know, you know how it works. So I think that, um, that is just spot on. So, um, again, I, I told you I, I might go off, off script. So <laughs> since, since you're not in all States, do your advocates have an ability to like listen in on a call? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We do. And we have to, right. We're in a virtual environment. Um, often, I mean, a lot of these providers are doing visits virtually as well, right? Right. So we need to be smart uh, about how we navigate for people. So, I mean, the same problem happens in Arizona as it does in Florida. Right. It just does. So, 
I mean, our advice and recommendations that we're providing, these are options to people. We can't mandate anybody to do anything, but we do feel like if they would know beforehand some of these things that they should be aware of, um, they would, I mean, they wouldn't have to go to so many visits talking about the same stupid thing. Right. right. Uh, so it, and, and this is also the doctors out there. This isn't to say that the doctors aren't giving bad advice or recommendations, right? This isn't at all. But if the patient's not communicating the problem, the doctor can only do so much too, right? So, and I'm, I'm going to just put this out there. The doctor doesn't all the time know all the answers. That's why they have to refer out. And that's okay too. But we need to put those pieces of the puzzle together and start connecting them, right? Right. That doctor is worried about that patient just as much as anybody else. But once that patient leaves that office, things need to be connected. That's where we have gaps in healthcare. That's why if they go to the emergency room the next week for that issue that we could have maybe resolved, we could have avoided a hospital visit. That's costly. And who wants to be in a hospital these days? Nobody. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, you know, recently, uh, a few weeks ago, my husband was very sick and had, of course, they had him do a COVID test. And the only place they did it was in one system, but our our regular doctors in another system and then he couldn't get the results. Yeah. I mean, how stupid is that? <laughs> so so, so the, the system that we go to says, oh, well, hey, you're going to have to do the, the test again if you want to come in because we're pretty sure you have pneumonia, but you can't come in until you have this done. So, you know, he's my husband's like, well, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm just just That's staying here. Sir, it's such a bad answer. Where's the value in that for, for people? I mean, it just it's really hard for people um, to navigate this, even Look, I'm a nurse. I have my own care needs too. And I'm telling yeah. I have to advocate for myself. Thank God I know things of how to navigate. But think about people that have no clue what they are encountering out there and how lonely and frustrating that is for people. Yeah, it's crazy. I see um, another comment says, hi, ladies, I've been a caregiver for my boyfriend for three years after a bad car accident. Doctors refused to deal with me saying HIPAA laws. Well, I mean, how easy is that to resolve? All they need to do is sign a release. But again, the doctors are then, you know, I like to call them, I was going to use a term that I know is no longer politically correct. So I won't say that. So the um, sar drill sergeants at the front desk. <laughs> hey, there's so there's got to be a bouncer at the front desk. Yeah, yeah. The bouncer at the front desk is, is the, I always feel like their goal is to, to, to keep you away from the doctor at all, at, at all costs. So, yeah. Um, yeah, another comment says, it's overwhelming to me and I'm in business. And again, it is to me too. And I always tell people that, you know, when I get bills from the doctor, I look at them and I think, I don't know how people that aren't in this business deal with this stuff because it's wrong half the time. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to bill you before it's been processed through insurance. And, yeah. and I mean, I have to argue with the doctors all the time about yeah. my bills. Have somebody argue for you. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. I mean, I've, got, I've got a feisty group of advocates. They do not back down for people. That's why I want to remain independent, right? I want to represent the patient and the family. Right. So, yeah, we've got some fired up advocates all over the states and man, they are feisty. They are ready to take down some stuff for people. That is awesome. So I have a question for you. So 
I understand what you do, but other people might have a question like, what's the difference between patient advocacy, case management, and pre-authorization? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, all of those different entities are fantastic. They all have their niche, right? But they all represent usually more of a corporate backing um, as well. So they're representing, you know, maybe a, a doctor's office or a different insurance company, those type of things. And that's great. We see ourselves as, I want to say, in so we're independent patient advocates that people retain. So let's put it like this. You go to an attorney to talk to an attorney about those needs that are specific to you. The attorney's going to say, here's what you need to do. If you want me to help more, I can. That's exactly what an advocate does. So um, now the case, like case management or like prior off people, they may take one piece of the pie. We take the whole piece of the pie and bring in different resources at different times, depending on where the need is. So one of the things I'd like to ask people in the beginning is, what is your greatest worry and concern right now? Right? What is that number one thing? Let's talk about that. Because if we really can't make progress on that, it's hard to really talk about secondary things. It's like going to the doctor. The doctor's like, man, your diabetes is out of control. Your hemoglobin A1C is 14.5. And the patient's like, yeah. None of that matters to me. Do you know the amount of bills that I have to take here right now? Like collections are on me. I mean, this is really beginning to suck because I need help here. I got to get my bills paid. Who cares about my 14.5 A1? Right. Right? We have to address the primary issues of the person. So we like to say, that's why I wanted a my team of advocates to have that expertise within a certain niche. Because not even me as a nurse have strengths in all the areas. Now, I, I have a figured out mentality, but I want certain people with certain niches to really do that great quality job and be very efficient at what they do. So that's that's why I put this together because I do feel like there are some amazing people out there that can do wonders for people that we really need to elevate that healthcare experience wherever, like, like what you put, put the care back in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, so just to put it in a nutshell, so a patient advocate is on the side of the patient. Yep. Pre-authorization clearly is on the side of the insurance company. Case management is supposed to be kind of both, but generally falls more onto the side of the insurance company. So patient advocate works for you. Just keep that in mind. Yep. Um, so a couple more comments. So HIPAA needs to be reformed, clearly. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Um, so this is back to the situation with the accident. Um, he has a signed release and they're still giving her a hard time. Well, that's unacceptable. Uh, and yeah, for five years. So I'm glad that you're not going to stop fighting. Um, I think you should probably connect with Priscilla because she could probably help you out. Okay, so here's a funny story which ties into what you just said. So we actually connected via a one of my Two Minute Tuesday videos I did uh, a little while ago because I personally was fed up with how, like I say, the bouncer at the front desk and the lack of care when you try to access um, care. And I was frustrated that the, the first question out of their mouth was, what's my insurance? Yeah. Um, they didn't ask how I was. They didn't ask what was wrong with me. They just wanted to know how they were going to get paid. 
Now, I understand that's an important function, and I don't, I don't discount that in, in any way, but I don't think that should be the first question. Yes. I don't think that should be the first question uh, at all. So um, why do you think that healthcare has become so impersonal? Yeah. First of all, that people need to go watch that video because I was dying as a nurse and somebody who's had to call the offices just for my own needs. It was so spot on. It was so good. I was dying laughing. I mean, I showed my husband, I said, she is, this is exactly what a patient advocate need, we need, can help people. Um, yeah, because, you know, the bouncer at the front desk, they're just doing their job. That's fine. Um, but let's bring back that care and relationship aspect um, of the patient journey. And we've just got to realize people are in different spots of the journey. And we really want to just connect with them and meet their need. Um, maybe we're not for everybody. And that's fine. Um, but I feel like this is something different for people to tap on that they can really feel like, man, somebody actually has my back and somebody is, you know, following up with, with my needs. And it's hard. I mean, people are working out there. We've got families that are, that have so many needs on their plate and they're, they're, they still have to work. And yeah. um, doctor's offices close at certain times of the day. So it's really hard um, for them to navigate and get all the things that they need to get done. Well, one thing I've seen, and it's good and it's bad, is, um, again, with the advent of technology, um, at least in our area, my chart is what's commonly used um, for communication between doctors and patients. But they're using that as a, I feel like they're using it as a shield now to avoid having interaction with the patients. Yeah. I've seen not great news given out over my chart. Yeah. And that doesn't feel right to me. That feels like that yeah. should be a personal conversation. Yeah, we Are you still well? <laughs> it's scary, isn't that so? So feels so impersonal. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, we just. I can't do that as a nurse and having worked at the bedside. That relationship is so important to really understand. Even listening to somebody over the phone, you hear they've got kids in the background, or they're taking care of their their parents, their grandparents, they're in their house, they are, they're stressed out. And you've really got to listen to people. And the, those listening skills are really important. Yeah. Okay. So one last question, again, completely off script, but um, again, getting to the personal and you talked about, there's not um, a lot of consideration given for what else might be going on in an individual's life, whether it may be um, stress from being laid off, homeschooling kids, grief, and another thing I think is not talked about enough, and this is a, really a, touches me closely, I don't think doctors are talking to people enough about their nutrition. Mm. And I don't think that they're using that as a means of treatment. Yeah. I, what is your opinion or take on that? Well, I guess um, I heard, I've heard this a couple times and it really stuck with me. So you know how everybody talks about like, there's a cold and flu season? Right. Right. Well, oh, there was a doctor that said, there is no cold and flu season. There's a vitamin D deficiency season, right? And I'm like, oh, that's so good. It's so I good. love that. I hadn't heard that before. It's good because it's true. And, and just think about what we've experienced this last year. I mean, if you haven't heard of coronavirus or COVID-19, like, hello, um, yeah. people's immune systems are so key to combating viruses 
and just to feeling better. GI doctors out there will tell you, hey, if your gut's not happy, I don't know what to tell you. So get a happy gut because it's going to help protect you long term as well. Now, it's not the only thing, but nutrition, it sounds like there's a pyramid whole deal. People forgot the pyramid. I mean, let's just talk about like things that you can do to support yourself and be proactive. I mean, even just getting up and walking around as well as nutrition, it is the small things in life that make a big difference. I, I agree more. And um, a, a comment here says docs don't take nutrition classes in med school. And I know that for a fact. I will, I think they get 12 hours of nutrition education. I think that's what I have. Um, I had read when I was researching that. Um, but, uh, oh, here's another one. Tell us how to build our immune systems instead of writing prescriptions. Preach it. <laughs> I could I mean, honestly, these things make me crazy because these are things that people can do that are so simple mm -hmm. that that don't have side effects. Yeah. And let's try this first. And it puts some of the responsibility for health yeah. back on the individual. Because truly doctors are more for acute and chronic um, I mean, and they're great at that sort of thing. I mean, you have yeah. a broken arm, they're going to fix you up. Um, you know, and if you have some sort of other situation, you know, a cancer, you know, anything that's big, they're going to put you into the right, into the right avenue to, to handle those things. But a lot of the day-to-day -day things and the things that people take so much medication for can be addressed yep. through lifestyle changes. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. Nobody's, nobody's talking about it. And, and, and it's, it's a component, right? You're a holistic being mentally, physically. I mean, you really got to take care of those little things in order to get to the next step. So a lot of the times I like to think about seven days of success, right? We can't do it all at one time. Nobody can, but if we take small, small things of success in seven days, see how we do. And then let's put another seven days together. It's amazing what happens over a period of time if you are consistent with those things. And if you have an advocate to help support you through those things, I'm telling you, it's great, okay? I mean, because we're thinking about all the different components. We're like, well, why not? Let's ask this. They're like, well, wouldn't that affect the medications I'm on? Well, what, what do you think my doctor would think about that? Well, we can ask. That's simple. We'll take care of it. Let's take care of that for you. Because yeah. we want the doctors to be within that. And oftentimes doctors are like, oh, thank God you talked about that with them. Man, I've been wanting to get that, get that information to them. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, but like zinc is important. Vitamin C is important. D3 is important. I mean, you can look these things up on Google, DuckDuckGo, whatever search engine you just feel, feel the love for, go for it. Search it and be research. But if you need help, and you understand what maybe is a good option for you, the patient advocate can help provide that level of research and understanding based off of the experiences we know that works within um, for people long-term. So um, we do not, this is something we don't do as well, Nancy. We do not prescribe, we do not diagnose, okay? Those are things that are not within our span of advocacy, um, but we can help bridge those gaps to get those. Sure, sure. Um, okay. So I know there's probably people that are watching this thinking, man, I wish I'd have known about this sooner, or I could really use this service or my mom or grandmother or uncle could really use this. Yeah. Where would people go to find your service and to learn more? 
So um, we do give free consults out, okay? And I'll give you um, the Calendly link to it. Um, Calendly is just a nice little click link. Yep. And they can schedule their visit, okay? It's free to learn about what an advocate can do for you because this is new for people to hear. And we hear the same thing that you just said, Nancy. I wish I would have known about this. So um, you can click that link. You can uh, go, go to the Great Care website. You can connect to me on LinkedIn or uh, Facebook. Um, we've got messaging links there. Um, you can connect with us in any, any of those ways. We will get back with you quickly. There's going to not be a delay like your doctor's offices are so busy to hear back from. We want to be that layer of support um, and, and really tap on uh, what we can do to get things moving for you. Wonderful. So when this um, is done airing, I will add um, the links to the Great Care website. And Priscilla, if you wouldn't mind dropping the link to the Calendly in the comments as well, that would be fantastic. Okay, we have made it to my five burning questions. <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, I will ask the question and then I will get my comments afterwards. So my number one question I ask every single guest is what is your favorite food and can you cook it? Um, steak. I love steak. You're in um, Texas, Midwest girl. Okay. I'm yes. following along. I love steak. Um, I, I really don't cook. I'm so bad. That's probably my downfall in life. I'm so bad. <laughs> so no, I'm, I don't cook it. And you know, I've got four kids. I mean, they do eat, which is great, but that, that's I a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Is your husband the cook in the house? Not really. I don't even know how we survived this long. I mean, we just, we figured it out. Let's put it that way. You're able to prepare food. You just don't consider yourself a cook. Correct. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. So how are you marketing your program currently? And have you found one method better than the other? Well, since I've only been in business for a year and I walked away from the corporate world in February to pursue this full time now, um, I have, I really haven't done much marketing, I'll be honest, okay? And I'm sure there's a lot of marketing people out there that could be like, Priscilla, you need to do this. Here's what you need to do. And I get it. I probably do need the help eventually. I'm trying to just serve the clients that we have, but I'll take just this week alone, okay? Every single referral that has come in has come from the clients that we've taken care of. Yeah. And to me, I, I mean, that's unmatched. And I'm thankful and I feel like they're feeling the value and the word's starting to get out there. Here's an interesting question. It says, how can we provide help to the amputee community? So I'm wondering specifically what he is asking there. But um, again, a patient advocate seems like a perfect um, bridge to address all the underlying needs that go along with an amputee. So many um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. So connect with Priscilla. That's what I would say. Um, okay. So if you could magically get everyone to do one thing to help them be better prepared for a healthcare experience, what would it be? Well, of course, I would encourage you to reach out to see what a patient advocate can do for you. But if you don't need a patient advocate, here's what I would say. Ask more questions. Be informed about what you're going through and don't ever back down. You have to be your own best advocate out there. Um, you just do. And, and there are so many different avenue and options out there and innovations out there that we can tap on. Um, you're not alone. Okay. So just advocate for yourself. Don't stop asking questions. 
I love that. Um, one thing I always um, suggest to my mother, hopefully she's not still listening, but um, I always tell her to take note to take notes beforehand, you know, as, as the doctor's appointment is coming up to be sure and jot things down so that when she goes in there, she doesn't forget. I think a lot of people get a little bit stressed out in a doctor's office yeah. and they feel a little bit overwhelmed um, and can walk out, you know, easily without asking, oh, that was the one question I meant uh, to ask. Yep. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And we can help, we can help with that. Even if the, if the client doesn't, need an advocate within the doctor's visit, we can help do pre and post visit follow up, right? And close those gaps. We can figure it out, but you're not alone. And we hear the frustrations all the time or like a new diagnosis, right? That C word and they walk out and they're like, oh, shell shocked. Whoa. So yeah, reach out. It's okay. You're not alone. I love that. Okay. What's your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Well, you already know that I don't cook. <laughs> um, Got that one down. I would say a secret talent and probably something that's maybe a little bit unique um, is, so I grew up, I'm a preacher's kid and I am not afraid to pray for people, to step in and say, hey, you know what? If you need prayer, I'm here for you. And actually do it with you over the phone if you need. Um, I feel like that spiritual component is so important. Um, and the other talent is um, I... I can't keep plants alive, um, but maybe I have a talent in keeping poor, poor kids alive and they still, I think, like me. <laughs> that is definitely a talent, <laughs> well, especially since you already confessed you don't really cook that much. So I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. So who's the one person that you follow um, on LinkedIn or alternatively, like you listen to on a podcast that you would most like to meet in real life? Yeah, I would love to meet you for one. That would be awesome. We I would, would love to meet you too. We would have so much fun. I know. And um, Casey um, Brannon, she is fantastic. She's with First Call Triage. I love her as a nurse entrepreneur. It's amazing to meet other nurse entrepreneurs. And um, another person just throw out there, Rhonda Kopp. She, man, she knows how to like really take under, she understands Medicare. And um, I love when people know what they're doing and they're spicy and they just want to make things happen for people. And both of them have been great to talk with. One's in the Midwest, one's over on the East Coast. And I would really love to meet them in person. Oh, I love that. Uh, so my mom is still, still on. She says, I walk out of the office and forget half of what they've said. Too overwhelming. And she does write down her questions. So, but I mean, I think that's so common. I just think that I think people are overwhelmed and stressed out by a doctor's visit. So I can definitely see where the advocate closes a gap that we that we have currently in, in our system. Yep. Oh, okay. So is there any parting thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with? Well, I was super nervous about a live uh, podcast. So I appreciate you being so kind and you've, gr you've got great energy. And I, I appreciate you and your audience really letting me share um, my heart, um, you know, I'll figure out all the business stuff, but I just want to take care of people and just know that they're not alone. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Priscilla. And I, again, I encourage all of you, if you're not currently um, connected with Priscilla on LinkedIn or following her on Facebook, please do because she shares great tips, um, things that are actionable, 
if you don't feel that you're prepared to call an advocate, there, there are tips that will help you navigate the healthcare system better. And I know that um, I anticipate a very long association with you and recommending you to others. So, um, oh, she asked me, can you list, can I list who she follows? So the people that you, uh, that you like, um, if you, again, I, we can't comment live, unfortunately, but afterwards, if you would put their names in there, because I think those pe people were interested in, in that as well. Yeah. So thank you so much. Happy April Fool's Day. This was not a joke. So um, I had a blast having you on Priscilla and I look forward to talking to you again really soon. Yes. Thanks thank so much, everyone.